And welcome to an all new Marvel cast explosion of X of all things Marvel. We're going to talk about everything MCU beyond from Avengers and Defenders to Anne Wang and Patricia Robertson. I'm Ashley Hobley, Explosion Network's resident friendly neighborhood podcast host. Joining me today, Ultimate Kieran Marchant. It is I coming to strut down the street, showing my stuff, and wearing a terrible kind of side fringe thing. Because I'm bad. Also, joining us, the astonishing Dylan Blight. <sighs> this isn't a video show. <laughs> <laughs> this is audio that doesn't work you can hear it I flicked my head and did a uh, it's fine that was my emo sigh for people who couldn't realise alright today we're continuing our Spider-Man rewatch we're watching Spider-Man 3 we have some new information this is your uncle's actual killer we lost his trail two days ago my uncle and he's still out there everybody needs help sometimes peter even spider-man revenge is like a poison that can take us over and before you know it, it can turn you into something ugly <gasps> the suit where'd this come from the power feels good. If you lose yourself to it. Whoa. Spidey, love the new outfit. Remember Ben Parker? What does it matter to you anyway? Everything! Do you want to push me away? Why would I want to push you away? I love you. You knew this was coming, Pete. I didn't kill your father! We have to forgive each other, or everything we ever were will mean nothing. I need your help. Uh, directed by Sam Raimi, screenplay by Sam Raimi, Ivan Raimi, and Alan Alvin Sargent. Story by Sam Raimi and Ivan Raimi, based on Spider-Man by Stanley and Steve Ditko, starring Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, uh, James Franco, Thomas Hayden Church, Topher Grace, Bryce Dallas Howard, James Cromwell, Rosemary Harris, and J.K. Simmons. Peter Parker becomes one with a symbiotic alien that bolsters his Superman avatar and affects his psyche. He also has to deal with Sandman and maintain a fragmented relationship with Mary Jane. Uh, Kieran. What did you think of Spider-Man 3? <laughs> what are your memories of Spider-Man 3? <laughs> what did you, think? Uh, you know what? I think I have not watched this movie very much considering the amount I remember it. Maybe it does just impact it just the god-awful kind of um, emo Peter Parker sections of this movie that I think everybody holds as like kind of the the uh, the death of kind of this version of Spider-Man as well as this series. But at the same time, I think that just kind of overshadows the other bad stuff in this movie. Like I feel like this, like the writing in this movie. I, I look, I've had look. Let's be honest, I've had a problem with the writing for let's say all three movies now. Um. And yes, I get it that I maybe am not, maybe not getting Sam Raimi's tone in terms of comedy and, and his aspects of that. Um, but I think his character writing, once again, I find really annoying and quite bad. Um, 
I hate the aspect of how long this, like, what is, like, the time that spans between the end of Spider-Man 2 and this, at some points in the movie, they want you to feel like it's been a decent amount of time. In other aspects of this movie, it wants to feel like this is, like, a week later. I, I, I just, it's rather frustrating, this movie, in terms of that kind of thing. Um, Peter and MJ's relationship, in my point of view, is probably worse at some points. I don't know. I think the writing, once again, is terrible from that aspect, even though it's a romance series all up. Um, Peter kissing Gwen Stacy. Well, actually, A, Gwen Stacy is a whole other kettle of fish, and I'm now that we can look back in 2021 at what you know that character can be done with and has been done with now, um, it's fucking terrible that she's used the way she's used in this movie. Um, but the fact that, like, I was actually so annoyed at the fact of him kissing Gwen on the stage and, like, egging her on to do it, because I'm like, this does not line up with Peter Parker. This doesn't line, like, I get it, the fame and stuff is going to his head, but, and just how oblivious he is. Well, maybe that part lines up, because he seems to be fairly oblivious to all things human being and any interactions with other human being, he's always been that way. Um, I don't know. I just think there's a whole bunch of stuff, and then you've got the the freaking the James Franco, the the freaking Harry Osborn subplot in this movie is real fucking weird. I I think I don't know what the hell Raimi was going for with uh, Franco's direction in this. There is a part of this movie I felt uncomfortable just from him eating food. Just him eating food was uncomfortable and weird and just, yeah, it's just a strange one. Even down to just the morals of it where Peter seems overjoyed that he caused his, caused his best friend to have short term, wait, so short term amnesia or memory loss, but at the same time, it's a very selective short term amnesia memory loss and the death of his father is now classed as short term, even though it's been years since that happened well i mean it's short in comparison to his entire life ah but i feel like there's other things where he just i don't i don't know it's just a strange one overall um but yeah no movie's not good probably in my (laughs) opinion this whole series is not good um i'm i'm waiting to be bamboozled by the the up and coming opinions of my fellow companions on this podcast because the last two episodes, I have not a, no idea where it was going. <laughs> uh, Dylan, last episode, you said, wow, I'm looking forward to number three and seeing if my opinions on this film have changed with time and and, and having watched these other films. Uh, what do you think of Spider-Man 3? It's not good. It's not terrible. Um, I think there's a lot of good ideas in this movie i think thematically it's like trying to focus in on like there's a lot of people not seeing things or thinking they saw the right thing like that's what every character's sort of story comes down to like harry saw spider-man and thinks he killed his dad peter thinks this guy killed his uncle um, peter thinks that mj left him because that's what's at play like the whole movie's uh 
just lots of smoke and mirrors and what characters think they see and whatever else. And um, ultimately it comes down to, you know, forgiveness and communication. Um, communication. And like, <laughs> I like both. Yeah. So like I get like I was, I did like what it did. I, I actually really liked any. I actually got emotional with the Harry dying scene like that. I wasn't like sitting here bowling my eyes out, but it like I actually felt something for that. And I was like, oh, this is kind of like this is this is working for me. I kind of like where it goes. I liked when he comes back and saves the day. I think the ending fight scene shit. I think Venom sucks. I think Sandman shit fight. I just think that whole thing is just not like a very well paced or put together action scene. Like none of it's exciting. However, the drama at the end when he actually like is dying and the way it's shot and the sort of sun in the background and whatever else and all that I thought was quite good. Um, but, 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 but. there's the C- overall the CGI in this movie looks the worst of the three, which is really weird. Um, I actually think the special effects in the first two look ten times better than they did in this this one, which is really odd thing. I think uh, I got the feeling that all the special effects budget goes into the Sandman initial transformation and reveal, and then everything after that's fucking garbage. Yeah, it's it's weird because it's the third one so sh- and it stands out especially if we're watching them you know a week apart from one another okay um there's just uh there's too much in the movie i'll say it's the, the the film's biggest problem there's just way too much going on there's way too many plot elements there's way too many characters there's way too many villains maybe a different storyline could have had this many elements at play but for this movie there's just like way too much going on i understand what they were trying to do well, at least i think i would understand what they were trying to do and i i think there is a good movie that could be salvaged from the script and in an alternate universe or whatever else i think it's watchable i don't think it's as bad as sort of you know public pop culture nerds like to make out you know it's the, the fucking worst movie of all. like you know that was the thing going into this everyone's like because i remember the dancing and I went into this and I always thought, you know, it's like, but this is the same as like, people talk about this being as bad as like Star Wars prequels. You know, like there's, there's like a group of like sort of quote unquote nerdy movies that everyone just like shits on. And I've only ever watched this once. So hmm. like, I don't think I've ever watched it any more than the one time I watched it at the cinema. I don't think I've ever watched it again. And if I have, I don't recall when. Um, and all I remember is obviously the, the emo dance off scene. I remember the ending of the movie vaguely. Like I remember that, you know, I remember that Harry came in and like saved the day and all this sort of stuff. Like I remember like sort of bits and bobs here and there. Um, but I, overall I could remember fuck all of this. And honestly, as someone who goes, who sticks up for the prequels or to a degree, like obviously I think Attack of Clones is, is not a very good movie, but I think there's good parts in it. I feel like this is another thing where again, like, like everyone acts like it's the worst thing ever made and like a a scourge on humanity or whatever else i think that x-men what was the last one i watched no well that i uh, I can't remember i haven't watched that recently but like the apocalypse yeah apocalypse was the last one i watched right i never watched dark phoenix the last one i watched because it was terrible and i didn't want to yeah so like in more recent marvel stuff i've watched i would say that i dislike that movie more than this. I would say I'd rather watch Spider-Man 3 than I would watch Apocalypse. So, like, in the whole, like, Spider-Man 3 is one of the worst superhero movies of all time, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say there's actually... I would rather watch this than Thor... Whatever the second one's called, I forgot. Dark World. Dark World. Uh, Dark World. I'd rather watch this than that. You know what I mean? Like, as weird as that is, because there is, like, the really weird segment where he's dancing in the street, whatever else. It's, like, 10 minutes of movie. I still think, overall, I would enjoy watching this more than those two movies. It's still not great. <laughs> but it's uh, I would, it's more watchable than some to me. 
I would not say it's one of the worst movies of all time. I would say it's one of the most <laughs> disappointing. I think, obviously, coming off the back of Spider-Man 2, everybody had expectations, and this, like, was not anywhere near what people expected or wanted. Uh, I feel like, obviously, I, I think a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff kind of uh, sabotages movie to a certain degree. You know, Ari Arvid, uh, the producer, demand, like, strong-arming Sam Raimi to put Venom in the movie, strong arming him to add Gwen Stacy as the as that character when his original plan was it was just going to be some random woman, which would have like been not as offensive to that character. Um, clearly, Bryce Dallas Howard is the third best merit. Uh, Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stacy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I. D- it's incredible how they made all the characters in this film so unlikable. For the majority of the film, uh, well, I, I think Gwen's likable. I'm um, not. Gwen, I think MJ's likable. I don't she, think MJ's she's holding this massive no. secret and like blaming, getting angry at Peter because she's not telling him the truth that she got fired. You know. I don't know. I think it, like it, to me, their relationship just comes across that he's so far up his Spider Man's ass that she. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, she's like. Not communicating, getting angry, and you know, like not sharing her feelings too. So, yeah, I mean, to a degree, there. And they're, then there's, she- there's the movie has a lesson on relationships there, but I don't think that makes her completely unlikable because because of that. He he, Peter's unlikable for a degree of the movie, done on purpose, obviously. But I think Peter's yes. unlikable for most of the movie. Like yes, which makes the idea that the symbiote makes him a bad person dumb. <laughs> it <heightens laughs> when he's a dick your- before he gets the symbiote. Yeah. But it, it heightens your uh, worst elements, so this whole thing. And also, elements, but there's not—I don't know—there's not enough of a valley between those two points to make the point obvious that it heightens it. It's like he's already self. Like at the start of this movie, he is like a self-indulged douchebag for decent parts of this movie. Yeah, for a lot of it. That's the thing. <laughs> he's obsessed with himself. He's obsessed with Spider-Man. He's enjoying the success he's got too much to the degree that he can't see the problems that his girlfriend's having right in front of him and whatever else. Yeah, absolutely. The other note, I said this movie is long. <laughs> it is very long. Uh, I think we got up to, I think it was like the cafe scene, the fever scene. I'm like, shit, there's still like 40, 50 minutes of this movie to go. Uh, <laughs> it's like, it is just stuff full of stuff. Um yeah. Just as a minor point as well, there is no point in the latter part of this uh, movie where there is just a conversation between MJ and Peter be like, hey, the whole reason we broke up and I dumped you was because Harry was threatening you and threatening me. And I was. I don't feel like you that. need to see that scene personally. Like, I feel like it just adds, it weirdly slots in. Or Peter it. explaining, like, hey, I got controlled by the same thing in Symbio. Yeah, I feel like probably- if you have that. If you have that conversation, like, after Harry dies, like, I don't know, I just feel like the pacing towards the end of the movie would have been off. Like, I, d- I don't need to see that conversation. You presume they have it, but it's fine. Yeah. Uh, it was weird seeing Harry, like, flying around on his air skateboard. <laughs> it felt so 90s or something, you know? It felt like so, like, such a throwback, like, skateboarding through these small streets through Manhattan. You know, and then Peter pretty much nearly killing him. <laughs> like, knocking him off and letting him fall like 20, 30 feet to the ground. 
and then being happy that he's got some kind of mild head trauma that's making him be his best friend again. And again, why hasn't he made any effort to explain about his dad before this movie? Like, assuming it- I get the feeling it's like at least a year since the events of Spider-Man 2. You know? And you had that conversation. <laughs> he knows you're that's, Spider-Man. That's the- it's the- it's the- it is the Harry- storyline that puts the timeline of events of this movie just out of fucking whack completely. That's just like, how did, like, it's, so no, it feels like it's been a year or two since the events of Spider-Man 2. Why has there been no conversations or nothing happened yet? And why has Harry waited so long to do something? I assume he has tried to have the conversations and that's how I took it why when Peter runs to the car and was like, Harry, Harry, we need to talk, we need to talk. And like he's Just Spider-Man, he knows you're Spider-Man, just break in. Like a, maybe he's trying to do it right though. Like he wants to have no. the, like he wants to have the conversation. Web him up famous. against the wall and explain it to him. <laughs> <laughs> Just talk, but also at the same time, Harry doesn't see, strike me as the patient person. I feel well, like he, Harry is uh, well, like ACP. So I'm gonna fuck up his day. In a very sort of like, let's not explain this at all scene, they have Harry take the serum, which you have to assume he spent some amount of time perfecting so that it doesn't completely fuck him up like it did his father. He doesn't know that it fucked up his father, though. No, but he might have run some tests and, yeah, I don't know. That kind of stuff, so, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird one. There's so much. Uh, we'll say highlight for me, J.K. Simmons and Elizabeth Banks. You know him trying to get his conversation and Elizabeth Banks just completely fucking with best, him. Best scene in a movie, to be honest. <laughs> best scene in a movie. Great <laughs> comedy. Not that one. Not that one. <laughs> but the thing, I think, and I forgot to even mention it. I guess it's lower down on my list of dislikes of this movie. Um, but the whole Sandman storyline and feeling the need to like rewrite some of the events of Spider-Man One, and you know, insert this other character to give Peter some kind of to retread the steps of wanting to get revenge for Ben's kind of for Ben's murder and everything is. Feels heavy-handed and just like a weird choice. It's it, it was kind of implied that like Peter maybe like really hurt the guy who he thought oh, killed, he killed Ben the first time. It was implied time. that he killed him. I pushed him out. The it was an accident. Yeah, yeah. You it's, had, it's you kind had of a weird. gun on me. Yeah, but seeing as we're bringing these characters up, let's jump into building the Spider Verse. Uh, obviously we've got Thomas Hayden Church. As uh, Thomas Head Church as Flint Marco, the Sandman, uh, first appeared in The Amazing Spider-Man number four, September 1963, created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. I don't think he's like a terrible portrayal. I think like Kieran said, like his first rising up out of the sand the first time looks incredible. It's like really good CGI, but ever like the giant ends thing at the end no good <laughs> no bueno uh you know and then um yeah i think he's, he has a couple of moments like you know he has the kid moment where he breaks into his house and like goes to see his kid puts the letters under his bed or bed and it's kind of a sweet moment and that kind of stuff uh pulls out that signature <laughs> sweater <laughs> uh that Comic I'm sure book pop accurate. Fans. Yeah, yeah super accurate uh, but yeah, other than that, he doesn't really get an opportunity to do much. <laughs> can I 
another question, right? Is it implied that he dies at the end of the movie? Because it was like, or did he just run away and leave? He ran away. Like, he had a talk with Peter at the end, doesn't he? Well, he has the talk with Peter. I just don't know if the implication is that he's, quote unquote, moving on and just dying for some reason. Or if he is, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's a bit of a weird one. If he's running away, it's a bit of an odd one. Even if Peter's forgiven him for Uncle Ben's murder. He's still a convicted Sandman's <laughs> still done a bunch of shit wrong. <laughs> but he's just trying to save his daughter, Karen. You know. Yeah, well, Peter, you know, Spider-Man just sets up some kind of foundation or charity to help. You know, really, does it matter? Not particularly. Uh, let's talk about Eddie Brock, played by Topher Grace. <laughs> uh, first appeared, The Amazing Spider-Man, 298 March 1988. First appearance is Venom, though. The Amazing Spider-Man, 299. Uh, created by David Michelini and Todd McFarlane. Oof. Am I right? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Why did his teeth change? Peter had no like. Maybe because Peter's Spider-Man. Because he, he didn't like, have a suit to attach to. It's a symbiote attached to his actual body. Not gonna lie, it annoyed me that the symbiote turned into a suit. I was like, "What the fuck?" One of the big things that like kind of almost drags Peter into the symbiote is a really base level and simplified need. Is just the fact that the symbiote suit, it just he doesn't have to wear it. It's just part of him. And he can just wear it whenever he needs to. And it's like a very base level thing that becomes a thing of convenience that kind of leads to Peter Parker wearing it, it way yeah. too much and using it. Yeah. Sucks. <laughs> I mean, he does a good job of being like a bigger dick than Peter is in this movie. So, I mean, it's got that going for it. Um, also, random thing, Dr. Connors is, yep. like, a physicist or something in this world, but Peter's like, here, take this symbiote, this organic life, and you look into what's going on. All scientists are the same. Yeah, all, all scientists all like all science. Yeah. Yeah, it just takes them longer. <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> it makes sense in other, in, like, other versions of Doc Connors where Doc Connors is a like, is into evolution and uh, biomutation and that kind of thing. It makes a little bit more sense. But in this version, where he's just flat out a physicist, it's like, why? <laughs> why? I, I guess if you're trying to pivot into eventually having a lizard appear, sure, but... Well, they he was planning more movies, so... That's true. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think, like, the setup for the final set piece looks really cool. Like the giant black webs all over the, you know, and him putting Mary Jane in a car and like a giant truck. I don't know how he figured out how Peter Parker was Spider Man. Uh, Venom already knew. I guess that that that, that is that is the thing that is implied that the symbiote knows everything. So the how did he know that uh, Sandman was still alive? I'm Look, searching. That for was you. another thing. <laughs> Why Sandman was still alive? Why Sam? He knew about Sam Med's child and the real motivation for him doing all this stuff. Uh, Eddie Brock is a journalist. 
Well, see, though, he does, no, he does not create anything fake. He's photographers aren't legit. journalists. So. <laughs> I love how his his award winning picture is like a really just sort of average Photoshop. Well, oh, here's a picture. <laughs> He's got money in his hands. Oh. <laughs> And they're like, yes, until... You know what, it's like the, one of the only positives about Symbiote, Peter, is that scene. Um, where he just hands everything in. He's like, what up? What up? Fuck this guy. <laughs> it's I mean, there's, some, there's, some, there's some interesting stuff with uh, Emo Peter when, um, apart from the dancing stuff, that's just a weird scene, but other than that, there's, there is some like sort of fun moments. Even like when he's like on the phone at, to Doc Connors or whatever, and with the next door girls, like, bring me some more. Bring me some cookies. more cookies or whatever. Yeah, like, what? Just, it's just like, it's just weird. Actually, but. go make some cookies. Have yeah. you got some Germany, Germany with nuts? nuts or whatever? Yeah, it's like, can you make me some? Water? Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just weird. And then him, like, getting the job at the Dirgly Boogle. Puts like, his feet up on the table. Yeah. Flirting with Betty Brandt. It's like, mm-hmm. it's Grant. Yeah. But yeah, Eddie Brock. Sucks. <laughs> just in general, it's just not very good. <laughs> I will say, I feel like maybe, and I think uh, this might have been not. I guess Venom was strong armed into this movie, but maybe there was also the fact of just maybe in the past there'd been some kind of comments, and I make similar comments in the last two movies that it feels like there may needed to be just more villains or more kind of uh, a greater world around Spider Man, other than you know. You've had the last two villains you've created for this Spider-Man just die in their first outings with him. I mean, um, Spider-Man set up the theme of like you kill up, kill all your villains, you know, and that's what's been carried through through all comic book movies ever since. Terrible choice, terrible choice. Let's just murder all these people. That's the <laughs> only solution to these bad guys. Okay, let's hey, not bro- just put them in a prison so they can escape. Yeah. Unlike Batman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, yeah. I, I, you know, he just, it, I, Tover Grace, he does play an excellent douche. I will say that, you know. As soon as he comes in proclaiming he's a new Spider-Man photographer. I feel like. He's dating the captain's daughter, but he only had coffee with once. Total douche. Tofa Grace, I feel like Tofa Grace was just wrong casting. He's a good Eddie Brock, not a good <laughs> The thing is, I don't even think he's a good Eddie Brock, because I feel like the normal Eddie Brock is just a larger, more imposing figure. That I think they were going of- for, like, a Peter Parker, like, uh, doppelganger. An opposite, yeah, a doppelganger. Yeah. But it's like, you've already got Peter Parker being a douchebag in this movie. Why yeah, do you need- I mean, that's the problem. Shouldn't, <laughs> shouldn't you know? the opposite of Peter Parker being a douchebag be, like, good guy? Peter Parker, and then he gets turned into a douchebag by the symbiote. Like, it is confusing. Even the the actual symbiote arrive. That makes and the explanation for the symbiote getting into this movie. <laughs> can Can I just say as well, just a minor point, and we'll get to this in Venom. I'm proud of all of us saying symbiote and not symbiote because that pisses me off. Because well, it's just annoying. Uh, we quickly mention them. Uh, obviously we've got uh Dallas. Bryce Dallas Howard as Gwen Stacy. She appeared in The Amazing Spider-Man 31, December 1965, created by Stanley and Steve Ditko. Also, James Cromwell. Forgot who was in this movie. Uh, as uh, George Stacy, uh, who appeared in The Amazing Spider-Man number 56, January 1968, created by Stanley, John Romita Jr., John Romita Sr., and Don Heck. 
Um, you know, obviously, characters we will see done again and better. <laughs> Much better. It was also, the, the crane scene. Again, cranes and Spider-Man. But also, you know, <laughs> that was <laughs> not a terrible sequence. CGI is still not great, but, you know, the actual composition of the, the, the action sequence. It was solid. I think, you know, it's cool that Spider-Man, for the first time before we've seen it a thousand times, does the cool, like, through the small hole in the crane dive section. That's always fun. Alright, uh, time for the Stanley sighting. Lee appears in a credited role as the man in Times Square. He stands next to Peter Parker, both of them reading a ticket news ticker about Spider-Man, and commenting to Peter that, you know, I guess one person can make a difference. He then says his catchphrase, enough said. And leaves Peter to dwell on that thought. Excelsior! <laughs> it's got a lot of catchphrases. And that's been your Stanley sighting for this week. Kieran, what's your most marvelous moment from Spider-Man 3? You know what? It's actually the jazz club scene. I don't even hate it that much. Like, there's actually just something ridiculously The pettiness? About it. You the, enjoy the pettiness the, of the scene? The pettiness and just his overall, like... How do you learn to play piano? <laughs> how, hey, how did the symbiote, or how did he know how to play piano... Um, just, could you imagine sitting in a jazz club and somebody starts, like, running across the tables and swinging off the chandeliers and, like, clears a dance floor and everybody's into it, and then, yeah, I think, and, like, just how into it Gwen Stacy is until she realizes why he's done it, it's like, okay. Um, but no, as a whole, I actually think that seems kind of pretty well done all things considered you know what you could have just left that scene and not worried about him dancing down the street and i don't think it'd be the meme that it is today uh dylan what's your most marvelous moment from spider-man 3 uh the ending harry's death <laughs> cool the death of a magic character that's <laughs> the most important yep. scene yeah uh i'm gonna go with the crane sequence i think uh that looks really cool and yeah Spider-Man and Cranes just set in the scene again. Go love them. Um, other things we want to bring up. I don't know how Harry comes to forgive Spider-Man or Peter after he blows up half his face. That's that's a tough thing to come back from. I think. To be fair, self-defense. <laughs> he could have thrown it, is- it anywhere else. Nah, he was just, but this was like, fuck you, Peter. He was like, I fucking let you live, even though I'm fuck you, Peter. What do you expect me to do? Not say you fuck you the second time you give me a chance to do it? Boom. Literally boom. Um, Okay, so that's two for killing for revenge? No, it's, it's, no, it's not for revenge. It's just. (laughs) Two people for permanently scarring somebody (laughs) with an explosive device. Look, I just wish. That I just wish that Harry had come and helped, but instead of being the "Hey, buddy, we're gonna be best friends" kind of attitude, it's the "I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this for MJ, but we are still gonna work together." And through that, have like some kind of I'm not gonna say mutual respect, but still have some development there as the character, not just instant high five. Let's do it, buddy. Yeah, I feel like that's of- the route they could have gone if he just decided to come off his own regard, but instead they go the route of having the butler be like, look, I've seen some shit, and your father, when I attended to his body, 
It was by his own blade. Like, if they didn't have that scene, then they could have. Mate, no. why didn't you say that years ago? Harry, yeah, Harry exactly. also could have been like, wait, did Peter know this? Why the fuck didn't Peter just tell me this? You know, <laughs> he tried. Like, I've, I've been blaming Spider-Man all this time. Didn't you hear me? Like, Brooding in the second film? Did you not? Look, you know, obviously you know where the secret mirror room is. You've seen what I've been doing in there. Why didn't you just talk to me? Absolutely. We'll say also, <laughs> I'm banging on Harry, but you know, Harry, when he's cooking with MJ, the music, music he chooses to be, impress the girl is like 60. <laughs> How hard was he hit on the head? By- no, they just didn't have any licensing budget, honestly. It was just cheaper. I guess so. Uh, Also, that omelette was clearly not ready to be flipped. My my dude can, like, catch two things with one hand but can't flip a fucking omelette. What a fucking noob. (laughs) It's like, you see that yellow runny shit still in the middle of your omelette? That shit means it's not cooked cooked (laughs) enough to fucking flip. (laughs) <laughs> fucking let it cook that's why you flip you it so you can cook <laughs> cook it faster uh what was it I really liked Rosemary Harris in this film I think she gets all you know a number of scenes to like give advice this is, again the one character who's very likable in this movie <laughs> the only character it's it's, it's yeah. I feel like she's good but at the same time still feels kind of weird coming off the you killed under Uncle Ben fucking argument that got kind of just slightly brushed over in Spider-Man 2. Um, that She does a whole monologue while making tea for real. Come on. Yeah. Can you not appreciate that as a British as- person? <laughs> <laughs> fucking <you know> what? <laughs> I was going to say it's weird. <laughs> it's just to make a tea. Any chance I get to fucking throw that in, I will. <laughs> Do you know you're English? <laughs> <laughs> also, shout out to uh, Bruce Campbell for his appearance in this film, you know, as a French hey, yeah, waiter. He likes, he likes Peter this time. He's helping him out. We. Oui. We. Oui. Can't you tell him French? We, <laughs> we. Oui, oui. Haven't you ever seen one of these proposals before? Uh, yeah, and once again, Peter completely misreading the room completely. Also, I checked up the musical that Mary Jane is in. Mm. Not a real musical. The song she sings is a real song from Jane Has a Gun. Or Annie Has a Gun. Something like that. Some country musical. It's (laughs) some country. If it's a movie, it's Jane, which they tried to make recently with fucking... Naomi Watts. No, I feel like that's wrong. No, Kira Knightley. It was. I know Jane that they've gun. got Jane has a gun. That was done by Natalie Portman. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's based on the musical. No, I don't think so. Surely, and he has a gun. That's a song. I mean, Jane's and got, got a song. Is a song by Aerosmith. <laughs> 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 uh, hang on. You have to check this out because, yeah, she sings. They say it's wonderful from Annie. Get your gun. So it's not Annie has a gun. It's Annie get a gun. Well, she does have a gun though. If she's getting one, right? She's, yeah, she she, she has it in the shop. She owns a gun. It implies she actually owns a gun. <laughs> she just got to go get it. 
Yeah, that's such a pain in the ass. Have to go get oh, what a great discussion uh, about Spider Man Three. I guess, obviously, we knew there was plans for a Spider Man Four. Would you have been on board for a Spider Man Four? Yeah, when this came out, I would have been. That one. I would have been like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, now like, if they were to go back and no, somehow no. no. Nope. No. <laughs> no. Nope. But at Not the time, much. yeah. <laughs> yes. When this was the only Spider-Man and the only real kind of superhero franchise, I guess at the time Iron Man, th- Iron Man 1 had only just been released and stuff like that, and that was kicking off. But, no. Yeah. No. Now, no. Mag- no. Tobey Maguire, not my Spider-Man. Hashtag. All Hashtag right. not my Spider-Man. Well, that brings us to the end of this Sam Raimi saga. Uh, let us know what you thought of Spider-Man 3. Is it the worst superhero movie of all time? Let us know by going to explosion.com slash Twitter or jump to Discord at explosion.com slash Discord. If you want to help us out here at all new Marvelcast, uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts on Podchaser or tell people about the show. And if you like this episode, thought of the dollar, head on over to our ko page at explosion.com slash supports. On our next episode of the Spider-Man Rewatch, we'll be discussing The Amazing Spider-Man. So make sure you watch that and join us next time for another all-new Marvel cast. Mm-hmm.